0: Welcome to Speak Life. Today, I'd like to talk to you about forgiveness. You know, if there's one thing that is certain to happen to each of us in this lifetime, it's that none of us are going to be able to get through this life without ultimately someone hurting us in some way, shape, or form. And if we're not careful, hurt feelings over time can build up and often to the point that you just might become bitter and depressed and angry and often to the point that you may even want to seek out some type of recompense or revenge toward the individuals that have hurt you so i want you to understand that although we can't control the actions of other people we certainly can control what we decide to do with the hurt and the pain that has been caused in our life through others' wrong choices. You know, all of life is really a process that really never ends. So this is why it is imperative that we find a way to overcome the hurt and the pain in our lives so that we can continue living a healthy and productive life. Now, although overcoming hurt is not always easy, it can be done, but it's going to require some patience and a willingness to want to work through these emotional woundings in your life. And the truth is this, is that if you don't choose to begin to work through those emotional woundings, more than likely, you're going to end up being a very angry and bitter person for the rest of your life. Well, none of us really want to go through life this way. So that's why it's so very important that we begin to work through these emotional woundings in our life. You know, I really strongly believe that the very best way that any of us can overcome hurt is simply by choosing to forgive. Some of you that are watching right now have really, really been hurt in your life and you still have not yet been able to overcome the pain that has transpired in your life because of the fact that you are choosing to hold on to unforgiveness. You may even possibly believe that your unforgiveness is justifiable in some way because someone has done something to you that has been so horrific that you really believe that that person does not deserve to be forgiven. In fact, you are holding on to a grudge so tightly that you are just living for the day that you are able to see that individual that hurt you get what you believe they really deserve. Well, you may not be aware of this, But as we look into the Bible, we find that God was so strongly opposed to holding on to grudges that he specifically told the Israelites not to seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among their people, but to love their neighbor as themselves. And God concluded this scripture by saying, I am the Lord. Now, by concluding with this statement, I am the Lord, God was reminding the Israelites that he was the only one that had the right and the authority to judge anyone. You see, you and I have not been commissioned to be judge and jury. So that's the point that I want to make here. God never commissioned you and I to that place. That's God's job. But I want you to also keep in mind that although God is not purposefully looking to punish or repay anyone, that God often does choose to allow consequences to happen in our lives for wrong behavior, for mistakes that we make, for sins that we commit. Hebrews 12 and 6 says, "...the Lord disciplines those that He loves." You see, oftentimes God does bring discipline. Oftentimes God does allow consequences to happen because of his love. God brings correction just like any loving father would bring correction to their child because he's a loving God. Now, even though God often chooses to bring correction in our lives, the Bible also says that God often chooses to extend his hand of mercy toward individuals, completely freeing them from the penalty of what their wrong actions truly deserve. God is such a merciful God. He often chooses to show mercy. Now, one definition of the word mercy is deliverance from judgment. In other words, it means not receiving the penalty that we really deserve for our actions. You know, I find it to be true that oftentimes when people make mistakes in their lives, that deep down inside, they're really hoping that they're going to be shown mercy. However, when someone else makes some type of a mistake, they are so quick to want to see God repaying them back in full. I'd like to take a look at a story in the Bible. It's an example of exactly what I'm talking about. And in the book of John, chapter eight, the Bible talks about a woman that was caught in adultery. And in this chapter, we we read that the religious leaders brought this woman to Jesus to see if Jesus would obey the law and have this woman stoned to death as Mosaic law indicated. Well, when the religious leaders brought this woman before Jesus, Jesus told the religious leaders who were so ready to see her get what they thought she had coming to her. Jesus said to the religious leaders, if there be anyone among you without sin, cast the first stone. You see what Jesus was saying here was, hey, if there is anyone here who has never made a mistake, I want you to be the very first one to throw the very first stone at this woman. The Bible says that the accusers dropped their stones and they walked away. Then Jesus said, is there anyone left here to accuse you of your sin? The woman said, no. And Jesus said, nor do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus, in all his wisdom and all of his love, took this very opportunity to show the religious leaders that not only was he not legalistic, but he took this opportunity to teach them a very valuable lesson involving a very forgiving and merciful God. Now, notice Jesus never told the woman that what she did was okay. He just said, I don't condemn you. You see, what Jesus was telling her was that today you are not going to receive the penalty for your wrong choices. Today, I am choosing to show you mercy. Today, I am allowing you to go completely free. But wait, there's one thing I want you to remember. Don't do it again. That day, Jesus displayed a beautiful act of giving toward that woman. And you know, there's really nothing more beautiful than showing someone mercy because mercy cannot be given to anyone who deserves it. And you know, when you and I make a mistake, we're hoping that not only will we receive mercy from God, but that we'll receive mercy from other people as well let me ask you a question how many of you have made some pretty big mistakes in your life and when you did you found yourself getting down on your knees and just crying out to god and saying oh god please show me mercy i know that i've personally done this and i think that if we were all honest we could say that we've made some pretty big mistakes when it comes to other people as well within our relationships in life i've made some type of mistake within those relationships Uh, Whenever we've hurt someone, whenever we've offended someone, whenever we've lied to someone or wronged them in some way, how many of us are just hoping that those individuals will find it in their heart to show us mercy? However, when the shoe is on the other foot, when someone has caused us some type of hurt or pain in our own lives, just how quick are we to extend mercy to those individuals? I'd like to take a look at Another example from the Bible and this time I think that many of you that are watching today are really going to be able to relate to this story. This story uh, is found in Matthew chapter 18 and it's called the parable of the unmerciful servant. Well, in the story, Jesus tells a parable about a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Well, one servant in particular owed him 10,000 bags of gold. So he calls the servant in and he instructs the servant to sell everything that he and his family owe in order to pay this enormous debt. Well, the servant begins to beg and plead with the king, just asking him to to please be patient with him, promising him that in time he will pay him back in full. The Bible says that the king decided to have pity on his servant. He had compassion upon him, and he allowed him to go completely free. He released him from this enormous debt. Well, no sooner had the servant been released that he went out and he found one of his very own servants that owed him only 100 silver coins. He grabbed his servant, and he began to choke him, and he demanded that his servant pay him back in full. Well, his servant began to to beg and plead with him, just asking him to please be patient, promising that he, in time, would pay him back in full. But this man did not choose to show any compassion whatsoever. In fact, he had the man thrown into prison until he could repay him. Well, there were some witnesses that had overseen exactly what had just transpired, and and they told the king what they had just witnessed. When the king heard about it, he called his servant in and he said to his servant, he said, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Could you have not shown the same mercy upon your servant as I just showed you? Now, because of his servants' wrong actions, the king had this man thrown into jail. He turned him over to the jailers, and the Bible says to be tortured until he was able to repay the debt. Then Jesus concluded this parable by saying, This is how our heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Now, how many of you watching today could say that whenever you get in trouble with the IRS, whenever you are caught cheating on your spouse, whenever you have wronged someone in such a way and hurt them so badly that you could never, ever repay them, that you have found yourself pleading and begging God to to only show you mercy. You have found yourself pleading with that person that you've hurt to only have patience with you. Yet when someone hurts you, you want to grab them and you want to choke them and you want to hold them in a prison of unforgiveness until they can pay you back in full. I want you to understand something very, very critical. You see, the Bible says that the unforgiving servant was handed over to the jailers to be tortured until he could repay the debt. And the Bible says that this is exactly what will happen to you and I unless we forgive from the heart. Now, the jailer in this parable represents our adversary, our enemy, the devil. And when people deliberately choose to hold on to unforgiveness, they will be turned over to the adversary, the jailer, to be tormented. You see, because when you refuse to forgive, what you are doing is you are allowing the enemy to have access into your life. You are opening the door for the jailer to come in and to begin to torment you. And he is gaining access into your life through the area of anger and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. And all that any of this is doing is only torturing you this is why the bible cautions us in ephesians 4 and 27 reminding us not to give any place to the devil and not to give the devil any opportunity to work in our lives but when you purposefully hold on to that unforgiveness you are allowing the enemy to gain access into your mind and into your soul and all that it's doing is hurting you can't you see now why forgiving is so Very, very crucial to your living a healthy life. And it's also an attribute that is consistently taught all throughout the Bible. You see, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, that if we forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins or their mistakes or their wrongdoing, your Father will not forgive you. Well, we all need to receive forgiveness from our Father. But the Bible says that in order to be forgiven, that we must show forgiveness toward those that have hurt us. So the truth is, is that forgiveness is really for our own benefit. Because when we forgive, not only are we closing the door to the adversary, but we are ridding ourselves of all toxicity that is only Causing destruction within our lives. So, I'm hoping right now that you're understanding just how important that forgiveness is. I hope that you're understanding that forgiveness is beneficial to your emotional and your spiritual well being. Well, I want to remind you that God has a good plan for your life. God has an amazing plan for your life. And part of that good plan involves your forgiving others. You see, God's plan for your life is for you to enjoy peace and joy and unity within your relationships. But the enemy's plan is to create some type of strife. He always wants to create division and disharmony and disunity within our relationships. So, this is the very reason why he works so very hard to create strife and to create division within our friendships, within the workplace and within our homes. But thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph because God in all of his infinite wisdom created a strategy in order for you and I to be able to overcome the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. And this very strategy is found in Romans 12 and 21. And it says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, you and I don't have to be overcome with anger and rage and unforgiveness. We don't have to be overcome by this because as Christians, the Bible says that we are overcomers. And the Bible says that not only are we overcomers, but that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So that means that you and I can overcome all the hurts and all the pain and all of the woundings that have transpired in our lives simply by choosing to do good, simply by choosing to forgive. You see, we can overcome evil by doing good. Now, if you'll notice, the word forgive contains the word give because when we choose to forgive, Not only are we giving ourselves a gift, but we are also giving our offender a gift by releasing them from our need of seeing them pay us back in full. And when we release people, we are acknowledging the fact that God is the only one that has the right and the authority to bring about any resolution that he decides to bring about in that individual's life, including Displaying complete and total mercy toward them. God is the only one that can judge the outcome. Maybe you're watching right now and, and you're understanding just how very important that forgiveness is. And maybe you would like to make the decision to forgive, but you're not quite sure how to get started. Well, I want to encourage you by telling you that you've already taken the first step, you see, because forgiveness always begins with making a choice. And now that you've made that choice, I encourage you to ask God for his ability to be able to assist you in forgiving people. You see, the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, and that word grace means God's ability working through you. So as you humble yourself before God with a heart that is willing to forgive, God is going to release his grace and his supernatural ability working through you, enabling you to begin the forgiveness process. Philippians 2 and 13 says, For it is God working in you, giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. But I want you to understand that although you have made the decision to forgive, your emotions may not catch up right away. You may not feel like you have forgiven. I can remember many years ago when I first really gained an understanding of just how important that forgiveness was. I couldn't understand why I still had ill feelings toward individuals that had wronged me. But it wasn't until later that I gained a full understanding that forgiveness oftentimes can be a process. And that process always begins when we open our mouths and we say, I forgive. That's how the process begins. You see, because forgiveness can be like a healing, and it depended upon the magnitude of the wound that's been inflicted. Sometimes that healing can happen very quickly, and other times it can take many years in order for you to be able to feel the complete manifestation of healing within your soul. But the process always begins by opening your mouth and saying, I forgive. There was a particular situation that happened in my own life years ago involving my deceased ex-husband and another woman. And I can remember at the time feeling so much anger, so much hurt, so much resentment that I actually wanted to do physical damage to this woman. I'm not proud of that, but I can remember wanting to do more than choke her. I can remember one night I was lying in bed and I was thinking all these horrific thoughts, all these thoughts that were tormenting me about this woman when suddenly the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Shannon, you need to forgive. And I said, forgive after what she did to me? Didn't you see what she did to me? Why should I forgive her? Then the Lord interrupted me and he said, you need to forgive because I have forgiven you. And then he went on to say, not only do I want you to forgive, but I want you to pray for her. Willing to be obedient. I, I sat up in bed and I said, okay, God is an act of my will. Right now I say, I forgive. And I asked that she would come to know you. If she doesn't know you, that she would come to know you and that she would come to know your son, Jesus Christ. Right then, I felt like a ton of bricks had fallen off my chest. You see, no longer was I experiencing the torment and the agony that was just terrorizing me. No longer was I experiencing this. Not only had I released myself from this, but I had released this woman from a debt that she would never be able to repay me. You see, because she would never be able to repay me for all the hurt and all of the pain that she had caused me within my marriage. She could never repay me. But now none of this mattered. Not one single bit of this mattered at all because now we had both been set free. Matthew 5 and 44 says to love your enemies and to pray for those that persecute you. But this type of love can only be possible in your life. This type of love can only operate in your life when you allow God's love to flow through you. And God's love is not a fleshly type of love, but it's a supernatural type of love that can only become possible when you gain a real understanding of just how very much that God loves you. Well, the Bible tells us how much that God loves us in Romans 5 and 8. The Bible says that God demonstrated His own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated to us. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son to die for our sins so that we didn't have to pay the debt of sin. You see, we were completely freed from the penalty of sin because of God's mercy. And while his son, Jesus Christ, was hanging on that cross, he looked down upon those that had spit on him. He looked down upon those that had spit on him and mocked him, the very ones that had nailed him to the cross. He looked down on them and he said, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, that day, God demonstrated to the world just how very much he loves us. And his son Jesus demonstrated just what forgiveness looks like. So if God and his son Jesus could give that much to the entire world, surely we can choose to give forgiveness. Maybe you're watching right now and you've never received forgiveness forgiveness because you've never taken the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart. If that's you, I want to give you the opportunity to pray with me and to invite Jesus into your life so that you can receive the forgiveness that he died to give you. Won't you pray with me right now? Let's pray together. Jesus, right now, I thank you for the forgiveness that you've given me. I thank you for dying on the cross. And right now, I ask you to come into my life and to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for what you did. Amen. Well, thank you for watching Speak Life today. I hope that you'll check out my website. It can be found at shannonlittleministries.org. I pray that you have a tremendously blessed day and remember to always speak life. I wanna hear about everything the Lord is doing in your life or just to be able to have the opportunity to pray with you. You see, when God was speaking this to Abraham, he wasn't speaking it just for the benefit of Abraham, but God was speaking this to Abraham for the benefit of God's people. God tells us in his word, he said, I will give you every place that you set your foot, but you've got to set your foot into that new place. but you're going to have to face every giant that is standing in your way of facing success. And that's what some of you need to do. You need to cut off the heads of some of the things that are trying to hinder you from moving into your future. You need to cut off the head of fear. You need to cut off the head of doubt. You need to cut off the head of unbelief and face everything, every giant that's standing in your way of moving into that new door the door of opportunity that is wide and ready for you to open. He promises us that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And there is only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ.